We are so glad that you're here um, at Liberty Church doing doing church with us this morning. And I'm we've picked a great uh, day to be here. We are starting a brand new series that I'm excited about. And like I said, if we're officially in December, right? Does anybody have any ideas of what we could maybe possibly be preaching about in the next couple weeks? Anybody? Uh, uh, we're going to be talking about Christmas. Amen. And Christmas is here. And Christmas is upon us. And with Christmas, uh, you know, it can bring extra distractions. It can actually, it can either help your faith or it can hinder your faith. Amen. And we're really going to just, I want to revisit why it is we celebrate Christmas. And I'm really excited that God is going to do something new um, through this. And I hope that he, he helps continue to build your faith and that you would believe and expect him to do uh, big, amazing things uh, this Christmas because he can uh, and he will. Amen. He, 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 all it takes is our, our faith. But before we get, it, get, uh, excuse me, get into this, I want to just kind of explain the plan of what we're going to do this Christmas. Me and Pastor Keith were talking and you know, we're like, you know, what are we going to do this Christmas? Let's, let's, let's go above and let's do it. You know, let's do it bigger. Let's do it better than we did last year. Because I feel like we had a great Christmas series last year. Uh, and God wants to do something new. And so what we're going to do is, each week, we're going to have at least one Christmas carol at, uh, during our worship time. And we've, we actually already sang it this morning. So it'll be a different Christmas carol each week. But what we're going to do is we're going to use a Christmas carol. And we're actually going to study it out and read it and, and, and begin to kind of dissect that Christmas carol. Uh, and, and God is going to do, Christmas carols are just that. They are worship of who God is and what God did on that Christmas night, on that Christmas season, and, and the whole reason, the whole point of behind Christmas and what it is and, and what it's all about, right? And so I'm excited that that's what we're going to do uh, today because that's what Christmas carols, that's what they are. They, they, they tell that story, right? They tell the most monumental uh, event to ever take place in history, right? It's, it's not just the, the good news for you and for me this morning is uh, the Christmas story is not just a story. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's an event. It's the reality. It's really happened. Does anybody believe in Jesus? Right? So this isn't just a story. Uh, but it tells that story. That's what Christmas carols do. Uh, and no other story on the planet can compare to the Christmas event. I'm going to start calling it the Christmas event. The Christmas story. Right? Because that's what it's all about, the birth of Jesus. What do we do at Christmas, right? We celebrate who Jesus is, right? Jesus is, is the Savior, the Son of God. We're, 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 we're saved, we're redeemed, we're set free only because of him, right? That can't happen unless he first comes, unless God first gives, right? John three sixteen. God so loved that he gave. That's what Christmas is all about. And you know what? Christmas in the world is even a, a, a big deal, and Christmas is a big deal because of who Jesus is, but the, the world has made it a big deal for all the wrong reasons, right? And Christmas is a big deal if we really, if we really dissect what God did for us on that, that cold winter's night. We're going to re read the Christmas story today and talk about all those things because it is amazing, amen, what he's done. So let's, let's go ahead. Let's look at that first point uh, this morning. And so we actually sang our first Christmas carol this week, the one we're going to talk about today, okay? And so today's Christmas carol is the first Noel. The word Noel in French means Christmas. 
Did anybody know that? Maybe some of us are learning something new today. And so in, in French, that's what the word Noel means. It means Christmas. If you studied out in Latin, Noel means birthday. Okay? Christmas is the celebration of the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. That's what we celebrate. That's why we celebrate. You've heard it right. He's the reason for the season. Uh, and that's, that's not an understatement. It's all about him. But so that, that's cool. The first Noel literally means the first birthday, right? The first birthday of the Savior of the world, the Savior, the Messiah, who is Jesus. This is who it's all about. And so we just have to remember the point of Christmas and why we celebrate what we celebrate, right? We have to remember as we enter into Christmas to not get sucked into all the things of the world. And you know what? We do a lot of great fun things at Christmas time, all the fun activities, all the great food, all the, the, the giving of gifts and uh, the, the parties and getting together. That might change a little bit. It's going to look a little different, you know, with the virus this year. But you can't remember why we're doing what we're doing. We're celebrating Christmas, right, because God gave. And the Lord was showing me, you know, the world even makes Christmas a big deal because it is a big deal. But they've made it a big deal for all the wrong reasons. Think about all the money that companies spend on Christmas advertising. Think about all the money that consumers spend buying gifts and presents uh, and decorations and all the things. The Lord was showing me as I was praying and spending time with him and studying. You know, Christmas is a big deal because God gave. But, you know, it's all about what is it all about now for kids and, and, and Christmas time? It's all about what? Gifts, right? And presents. And the Lord was just showing me, you know, it's God gave the best gift that ever could have gave. And it was not, his, not, not a present, not present, but his presence in the earth. <laughs> Come on, somebody. The best gift, the best present you can give somebody this Christmas season is his presence in your life. His presence trumps any gift, any present that any person can give, that any person can receive. It, it's, the, it's the love of God, his presence, his love, his mercy, his grace, his peace. You can't have that without his presence. Right? And that's what we celebrate. That's what we're celebrating at Christmas time. That's the whole point of why we do what we do. Okay? And so if you feel like you're getting stressed out, focusing on all the other activities, just stop and remember, why am I doing what I'm doing? I've been bought for. I've been, the, the price for my freedom has been paid. The price for my forgiveness has been paid. Right? Only because God gave. Right? You can't be set free. Until Jesus first came. And so that's the whole point. Okay? Let's look at that next point. So today, let's, we're going to look at the first line in that Christmas carol that we sung uh, today. And it's really cool that these, these old Christmas carols, man, they, they really are pretty true to the word of God. And they, they preach pretty easy because they're, they're, they're singing about truth and they're speaking truth. Of the, that what actually happened uh, at that time. And so the first line in the song is, The first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay, 
in fields where they lay, keeping their sheep, on a cold winter's night that was so deep, Noel, 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 born is the king of Israel. How simple, but how, how also elegant is that? Just that description It's of what happened, what took place on that, that event, that Christmas night, right? It's submersive. It's like, can you just imagine being a part of this or, or, or being there, right? It's, that, that's, that's what worship, uh, as we sing this, it does. It, it, it just it brings us to that place. It, 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 it puts us right there in the story, right, in the event. And, and how cool would it have been? Uh, to be there or be a part of that, to witness the glory of God uh, and, and what he was doing, what was going to happen uh, that night, amen? And so we're actually going to do that in the Word of God. And so let's look at um, Luke 2, uh, 1 through 20, and we're going we're gonna to actually read in entirety the, the Christmas story uh, this morning. I kind of want to stop and take a little side uh, bunny trail, a little, little side story, and just kind of challenge you uh, this Christmas season. If you don't uh, have any, you know, family traditions that you do, most of us do. Most of us have some really fun family traditions that we do at Christmas. I just want to share something that we do at the Westbrook House. We've been doing it since me and Jessica have been married for four or five years now. Now we got baby Xander this year, so it'll be his first Christmas. So, but before, before we open any gifts, before we open any presents at the Westbrook House, we first open the Bible. We first open the Word of God. We wake up, we have our coffee, and then we sit down, we got the dogs, and this year we'll have Xander, and we're going to open the Word of God and read, we read this, this account, this Christmas story uh, of what, what happened on that night, right? As God gave Jesus to the world. So if you don't have any, any uh, traditions or anything, y'all try that. It's, it's a great way to worship God on Christmas. It's a great way to teach your children, right, what Christmas is all about, and it's fun, uh, and it's exciting, amen, and you get to sit uh, on Christmas morning and do that, amen, but uh, so let's read here, that was a little side, side rabbit trail, sorry, anyway, but Luke 2, 1 through 20, it says, so at the time, uh, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire, uh, this was the first census taken when Canarius was governor of Syria, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census, and because Joseph was a descendant of, of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem and Judea, uh, David's ancient home, uh, right? Joseph, the earthly father uh, of Jesus. So verse 5 says, He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Because there was no lodging available for them. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. <laughs> I think that's an understatement. <laughs> the angels of heaven appeared to the shepherds, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, right? Calm down, hold up. I got some good news for you, right? Don't be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news. Somebody say good news. That will bring you great joy. Somebody say great joy. To all people. Let's all say all people. 
I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, is being born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Manger is a fancy word for barn. The king of kings didn't even have a place to be born in other than a stable, a barn. The world that he was coming to save was trying to reject him as he was making his way even as a baby. He was born and lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God has pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All, heard the, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. How amazing. In a moment, God changed the world. In a moment, God changed the the world by sending his presence, by sending this little bundle of joy, this little baby boy who would grow up to be Jesus, the King of Kings, to the earth for you and for me. Your salvation, your freedom, your forgiveness, wrapped snugly in, in strips of cloth, lying naked in a manger. Right? Before Jesus could save you, he had to first come. He had to, to be born. You know, without Christmas, that's what Christmas is, the celebration of, of Jesus being born in the earth. Without Christmas, do you know we don't even have the New Testament? <laughs> without Jesus, we don't have a third of the Bible. If Jesus isn't born, if Christmas doesn't happen, if, if he doesn't come, our world's a different place. You know what, uh, you know, you can say a lot about our nation and, and our country, and, you know, some things that may happen uh, with the new president and, you know, but America is still the most freest place on the earth, right? You know that. Uh, and do you know why it's so free? Because its founders were Christians. Its founders believed in Jesus <laughs> and what he taught and what, and, and what, and what it meant and, and, and the love of God. Right? And so God changed the world with his presence, with his son being born. The world could look so different if he never came. And all that were there in this moment, in this Christmas event, in the Christmas story, they were all in awe. They were all uh, in joy. They were all in amazement. They couldn't help but worship right and i think that's what we need to we need to try this christmas season to walk in that fullness 
of God, to walk in that joy, to walk in that awe, to walk in that amazement, right? If I really believe that Jesus is, then man, I'm really going to walk that out this Christmas, right? I'm going to have joy. I'm going to have peace. You know what? I'm not going to let all the activities and stuff stress me out, or I'm not going to be focused or worried about all this other stuff that matters, but it doesn't really matter, right? It's important, but nothing is more important than the message and the gospel of Jesus, Right? Let's look at that, um, that, first, that first line again in, in the carol, in the Christmas carol. So the first Noel, the angels did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay. Isn't it cool? I never really realized this, but God, he reveals this, this message of what is about to happen, uh, the, this, this Christmas event. He reveals it to poor shepherds. Poor shepherds. He doesn't reveal it to, to the celebrities of the time. He doesn't reveal it to even kings at the time. And, you know, as I'm studying this out, I feel like there's a lot of, there's a couple hidden messages within the message. I think one of the main reasons God revealed it to shepherds first was because, you know what? Before Jesus could be the king of kings, and you know he was called to be the king of kings, he would first be a shepherd to us all. Before he was going to be a king, he would first be a shepherd. He was called to be a king. He's also called to be a shepherd. You know what? It also reminds me of another story of somebody in the Bible. Y'all remember David, King David? Right? He was called to be a king too. But what was he first? A shepherd. Prophecy said that the Messiah would be born from the line of the tribe of Judah and the line of of King David. And so it all lines up. It all all comes together in the perfect significance and glory and righteousness of who God is. Right? And so, but what really the, the other part of this is also that this revelation of this, it proves to us, it proves to you and to me uh, that, that, that let's look at that next point. That it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done. Uh, what's going on in your life, that God, the revelation of Jesus, is for any and all, right? The first Noel reminds us that Jesus came for all. Somebody say all. He came for every person, rich, poor, black, white, male, female. We have all been united through Christ. He is the glue uh, that brings us together. Uh, it's through Jesus that God made his goodness available to all men. Through Jesus. Because before Jesus came, it was, it was the promises of God were only for the Jewish people. Jesus comes and, and now Paul writes and says, you know what, it's, it, no, no more Jew, not, not Gentile or Greek. Or, it, it doesn't matter. You can be black, you can be white, you can be rich, you can be poor, you can be big, you can be small, you can be tall, you can be short. Right? Jesus, he levels the playing field. He loves you as you are, but he loves you even more to not just keep you there. He wants to live and grow inside you, right? And, and do things in and through you and, and help you. And he's there. All you have to do is call on him. And, and it's what he is, right? He is the embodiment of the goodness of God. And that goodness of God through the message of Christmas was delivered in the, 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 the little baby. Right, baby Jesus. Right, and 
I can't help but think, you know, as Jesus was about to be born, I believe that creation was crying out with anticipation, with excitement, the readiness of God about to do something new and glorious. They couldn't help but worship. I can think back to the day Xander was born, and I'll never forget that day, the day I became a dad, just a little over five months ago. You know, and before he came, we, we were excited. We were anticipating as the days got closer, right? We were excited, anticipating that, that, that what's going to happen as that baby is, is born. Imagine the Savior of the world getting ready to be birthed into creation. The creation that it, he was coming to save, to redeem, to set free from the bondages of sin, Satan, and self. Right? Come on, somebody. It was excited. It was, it was ready. And the first Noel reminds us that Jesus did that for all mankind. Let's look at Galatians 3, 26 through 29. It says, for all, or I'm, I'm sorry, for you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Pastor Ian, how do I know if I'm a child of God? Do you believe that Jesus is? You got to start there. If you believe that Jesus is, then you can call yourself a child of God. That's it. If you believe he's strong enough, if you believe he can, if you believe that he did, you can call yourself a child of God. You can call yourself blessed. If God has given you that revelation, that truth that his son is the one, then you are a child of God. Of God. Verse 27, and all who have been united with Christ and baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Amen, right? Christ, that's what I'm saying. He, he levels that playing field. He, through Christ, there is an equality and there is a value uh, that unites us all, a value that is placed on life and liberty and uh, all the things, the freedom that comes through what Christ preached uh, and the message that he delivered from his Father. Right? He's, he is... The thing that unites us, and, and I don't want to say makes us all the same, but the promises of God in your life are unlimited. But the promises of God for your neighbor's life are also unlimited. Does that make sense? You're the same in that aspect because God loves you. He loves all of us. We're all children of God, and we're all heirs of God, and the promises of God belong to us. All. And the only thing that you need to qualify you for those promises of God in your life is, like I said, is just your faith. It's just your faith in Him. Let's look at that next point. We're talking about qualifications for a second. But another cool part about as we read this, this uh, study out the Christmas carol of the first Noel isn't it cool how God announced the greatest news the world had ever heard, that the Messiah, the Savior of the world, was born to shepherds and not kings? Poor shepherds of the day 
And not presidents or ambassadors or celebrities or King Herod or or King so-and-so. But to poor shepherds who are asleep on the, doing their job out in the field, in the dark, in the cold. He brought the message to poor shepherds. I believe that shows us a side of the love of God that, as we're talking about, that his love is for all people. Right? The second part of that statement says, your lack of qualifications, they actually qualify you to be used mightily by the Lord. The other side of why I believe the Lord revealed that to, to poor shepherds, we can call them, is because I believe God chooses those who will believe and worship Him for who He is. Those shepherds, they received that news, right? They received the message of God. They received the blessing of God, and they did something about it because they believed. What did they do? They ran. They, they went to Bethlehem. They found the baby. It reinforced their faith. You know, and maybe God didn't reveal the message, the revelation of, of Christmas to, 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 to those people, celebrities, kings, whatever. Maybe because probably they would either have rejected the truth or maybe they would have been threatened by the truth. Right? Threatened by, if their Savior's going to be born, I need to do something about it. And they were already trying to get rid of that. Maybe heard the message and they were trying to do this, actually. That was part of the census being taken. So, it's just amazing, though, that God, He chooses the only thing that you need to be used by God, the only qualification that you need is your faith, your belief, and your expectation, uh, and your worship uh, that God can, that he will, uh, and that he wants to for you in your life. Let's, let's read 1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. And it says, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful, or wealthy, when God called you. When God called Ian, <laughs> I was not wise, I was not wealthy, I was actually in addiction, broke, busted, disgusted, I was homeless. I was, I, God, a lot of times, most of the time, for most of us, it's the same. We don't come to God on a winning streak. A lot of times we come to God from our pigsty, right? And Ian came to God, was called by God in his pigsty. God, he chooses those that, that will choose to believe in him. Ian, or God saw that Ian would believe in him before Ian did. Right? Just like the poor shepherds. To the world, the world just sees poor shepherds. The world wants to categorize you and categorize us and say, you're, no, you're just a poor, uh, you know, orphan. You're just a, a mediocre electrician, whatever it is. They want to lump us and categorize us and label us. God does not work that way. He, he sees your faith in you before you even know it's there. And so that's Let's read there at 27. It says, Instead, God chose things this world considers foolish in, in order to shame those who think that they're wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Hear me. God chooses the things that the world throws away. God chooses the things that the world ignores. God chooses the thing, the trash that the world... Uh, categorizes as trash, he calls it righteous. He calls it holy. He calls it redeemable. 
Amen? Just think how the world ignores so many things. Let's think back to the Christmas story. Let's think to the Christmas event. Let's think maybe there was a, just a regular old uh, Bethlehemonian. I don't know what you'd be called if you're from Bethlehem back in the day. Walking through the night, right? The Son of God is, is being born in a barn. Maybe they walk by the barn and they see the people gathered in the barn and they see a, a baby being born. Based on world standards, that person would probably stop and think, man, I guess they're poor. They don't have nowhere else to go but to have a baby other than a horse stable. Right? But if they knew that that was the Son of God being born... Because the ways of God, right, are higher than ours. We say this all the time. The ways of God are what? Upside down and backwards to the way of the world, right? How do I know I'm probably living for God? I'm doing it upside down and backwards to the way the world's doing it. And so that's how God, that's how God works. That's how God blesses. He, he chooses those things that the world throws away, but the world ignores. Amen. Verse 28, it says, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ Jesus for our benefit. God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord, right? I try my best to do this out when I'm working or out where I'm doing whatever I'm doing. And the only good in me is the God in me, right? I begin to maybe share my story or my testimony. And, you know, it's always about because what Jesus did for Ian, right? And you, and you share some of your story and people look at you like, I can't picture you doing any of that or saying any of that. Right? It's because you know me now with the Jesus living inside me. You didn't know Ian without Jesus. Right? And you don't want to know Ian without Jesus. Right? And that's, that's what I boast in. That's what I, that's what I rejoice in is, is where God has taken me, where God is taking me. And, it's, and it's, it's what he's done for us. Right? He saved me. He's called me. He qualifies me. Uh, and he, he gives he gets the glory for everything that he's done for me, right? Every and each and every good gift come from above, the Bible says. And it's only because of him, through him, by him. That next point. Here's the cool thing. God sent his son for the least of us, not just the best of us. He sent his son for all, for the, for, for, for the best of us, the, the rich, but he, but, but he sent his son for the poor and the least of these also. Right? It don't matter what you've done, what you look like. That's why God sent his son. Right? John 3.16 says, For God so loved that he gave. And so he did that for all people. The gift of God that brings salvation has appeared to all people. The gift of salvation is, is free. It might be one of the hardest things for you to wrap your mind around. But the thing is, a lot of things, that, that mind can hinder you from living for God or, or not. you gotta, you got to surrender your heart to God. 
your heart can wrap itself around the message of the gospel a lot easier than your mind can. And so it's, it's, you got to, you got to get still, you got to get quiet, you got to get honest with yourself, with your life, with God, because anyone, it doesn't matter if you're rich, if you're poor, if you've been successful, unsuccessful, uh, at the end of the day, whenever it is you're, you're sitting, doing your thing, you're, you and yourself in front of the mirror, maybe brushing your teeth, doing whatever it is, when you get still, and you, it doesn't matter who you are. We all know that we are sinners that need a Savior. When you get real with yourself, you know that you're a sinner that needs a Savior. And guess what? The only thing that can save you is the blood of Jesus. We sung about it this morning. The only thing that can wipe you white as clean as snow is the blood of Jesus. Right? That's it. It's, it's not no, no um, self-help book or, or get, quick, quick, uh, get rich quick scheme book or, or drug or alcohol or relationship or, or anything else or, or some present I can get at Christmas time. No, it's the blood of Jesus is the only thing that can save you, set you free, redeem you, call you forgiven. And the thing that's going to allow you to enter into heaven one day is if you got that blood on your life. That is it. That's the message of Christmas. That's the essential message of what God is saying through the message of Christmas. Let's read Mark 2, 16 through 17. It says, But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other what? Sinners. They asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? These were the the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the ones that thought they had it all together, right? The ones with the fancy clothes and the the bow ties and the the high hats and the the ones that I got it all together and I don't need a Savior because I got it all figured out, right? What does Jesus say? He says, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they are sinners. He said, I didn't come to help those that think they're righteous. I've come to help those who know that they're sinners, know that they're broken, know that they need a Savior. Jesus came for those who are looking for him. Not those who think they already know it all. Are you looking for him? Or do you already know it all? Anybody know any know-it-alls? Meta know-it-all? You ever try to preach the, the gospel to him? Don't look at your spouse. <laughs> Got some laughter out of y'all. I was making sure y'all awake. It's been quiet in here, man. Maybe the Holy Spirit's working. Right? That's why, the, that's why the Pharisees, the Sadducees, they missed it. They missed the miracle of God. They missed the message of Christmas. They missed Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, right in front of their eyes because they were blinded by their own righteousness, by their own I-know-it-alls. And we can live our lives the same way. See, we read the scriptures and we think, man, y'all are so dumb. You missed it. Jesus Christ is right there. Right? But if we're really honest, we're the same way. 
We're the same way. The good news is Jesus came for you. If you know you're broken, if you know you're a sinner, then there's hope for you. If you're in a place where, yeah, I got this under control. I don't need Jesus. I don't need this. I don't need that. I got this. Whoa. Whoa. Slow down. You need, a, you need an invitation, a meeting with Jesus, right? Pride comes first before the fall, it says. We don't want to live in a prideful state, a prideful place, spiritually, physically, whatever it is. Well, I got one extra scripture I want to give you. It's not on, it's not on your paper outline, but the, the media team has it. I just feel like the Lord wanted us to close up with this today. It's one of my favorite um, scriptures, and it comes out of Luke also today. And it's um, chapter 15, 3 through 7. It says, then Jesus told them this parable. I love when Jesus speaks in parables. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open, excuse me, country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more, somebody say more, rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. Heaven rejoices more over one sinner who says, I believe in you, Jesus. Then the 99 of us gathered at church on Sunday morning who are living for him, doing the right things, and we need to do that. But why does heaven rejoice so much? Because it's all about souls. It's all about lives. It's all about generational blessing. Because when one, one person gets born again or saved or repents from their sin, they're, they're running this way in darkness, and they, re, they have a genuine repentant heart, and they begin to look to God, and they begin to run towards God. Heaven rejoices. Their lives are changed, right? One of the best parts about the message of Christmas is that no matter how far we can go, how far we can stray, how far we can spiritually get lost, hear me, Jesus is always the way that I'm found. Jesus is the message of Christmas, and he leaves that 99 for the one. I'm glad he left the 99 for me that day I gave my, my heart, my life to him. And no matter what, he still chooses you. And so maybe, I know maybe I'm speaking to some saved folks. I'm speaking to some, some church-going people today. And if you're not saved, I promise you there'll be a moment for you to do that today. But if, if that's you, you're, you're born again, you're saved, I, I share that not because you're, because you're the one that's straight away, but because this Christmas season, you might have the opportunity to encounter one of those sheep. You know, you encounter sheep every single day that you're out there. You know what? You can find out pretty quick if that sheep is either lost or found. Come on, somebody. Two minutes, three minutes conversation, you can tell. And in that moment, we have a choice. We have an opportunity if we really believe in Christmas and the importance of what it means, then this Christmas, let's do something about it. 
I said at the beginning of this, the best present you can give somebody this Christmas is his presence. In that moment, give him that gift. Give him his presence. Now, it's up to them to either accept that or deny it, right? But hey, if I call on the unction, that, that leadership of the Holy Spirit that's maybe nudging me to do that, if I do that and they reject it, then me and God are good, right? But if I ignore that, that little small voice, I might be accountable to that one day, right? Let's answer that call this Christmas. I'm excited for this Christmas. Man, I hope you are too. Because this is what it's all about. It's about people. It's about lives. It's about eternal destinations. It's about souls. Amen. That's why God sent his son to redeem mankind, to redeem his creation. Amen. Y'all want to pray with me? We get ready to close. And so, Father God, I thank you for the message of Christmas. Where we can overthink it. We can get sucked into the way the world does Christmas. Make it all about gifts and food and activities. And none of it matters, God. It matters, but none of it eternally matters. The only thing that eternally matters, God, is that you and, and, and us and our lives are, are, are covered by the blood of Jesus. And so right now, I want to take a moment. Uh, I promise you that if, if you feel like maybe you and God aren't good or you've never been born again or we call it being saved, and it's a moment where you, you say, God, I want, your, I want you in my life. I, I want to lay my life down, and I want you to be Lord and Savior of my life. And if you've, if you've not done that, or maybe you have, but you've, you've fallen away, and you and God are you're not good, or you need restoration with your Savior, this applies to you too. And so you've either never been born again, or you have, and you've fallen down, and you want to get back up today. Right now, as we're all praying, uh, if you're born again, I want you to begin to pray for the lost right now. We are all praying for you, and if that's you right now, I want you just to stand up. Just stand up in here. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior uh, today, it's as simple as you just standing up. No one's looking at you. We are praying actually for you right now. And if you say, man, I hear what you're saying, but what, Pastor Ian, why do I have to stand up in a public place? I I say the same thing all the time. If God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, if the God of creation is speaking to you right now, saying that you're a sinner and you need a Savior, and if He's speaking to you and you can hear Him and you can feel that inside of you, why would you not stand up? The, the King of Kings is, is reaching out his, his hand. He says it's easy as just standing up. Hallelujah, there's people standing. Amen. So, amen. God sees you. God knows you. He knows everything that you've done. He knows your name. He knows the gifts. He knows the talents inside of you. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I want to lead us in a prayer. I want you all repeat this after me. Father God, Lord, we love you. God, we ask for forgiveness of any sin inside of me that is keeping me separated from the love of God. God, I now receive your goodness, your fullness, your peace, your power, your love, and sound mind. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a big old hand. Come on. The kingdom of God just got bigger. In Jesus' name. Amen. That's why we do what we do. 
Amen. Well, we, we love y'all very much. Uh, anybody glad you came to church today? Amen. Yeah? We're glad you came too. And so God bless you. Um, y'all are dismissed. Okay, have a good rest of your Sunday, and we hope to see y'all again uh, next week.